Well, it's Shana Tova again, everyone. Feels like I never left. It's like that during the holidays. So yesterday we uh, we began to talk about the meaning of the blowing of the shofar. That uh, the hope is is that we're not just listening to noise, but that the shofar has real meaning for us. And I want to continue that uh, thought with you today as we continue during these uh, 10 days of awe. The day of Rosh Hashanah is considered Yom Hadin, the day when the books of life are opened and God begins to examine the lives of all of his people. And for the next 10 days, uh, we are examined. Now, most people will fall into three categories, of course. The magnificently wonderful, with whom God doesn't have to deal much. He just lets them roll right on. And the uh, incredibly wicked, who are all whose fate is already determined. But that leaves pretty much the rest of us right smack in the middle. And our lives are a mixture of good and not so good. And no matter how good we try to be, we always have those little things that are particularly our own, don't we? And it's those things that we hope that during this time we can, we can work on by being honest with ourselves about precisely what they are and what we might do about them. So that's the job. That's sort of the job for the next 10 days. It's not the most fun job if you decide you really want to do it. Because self-deception is one of the great tools that human beings have for coping in this world. We look in the mirror and we decide we are something and we can live with that. Because if we didn't, it would be very hard to live. And God is telling us that during this time, I want you to do, strip, strip all of that away and take a really good look at it all so that there can be some improvement. That's really what it's all about, improving ourselves, making ourselves better people so that our own lives are better and that the lives of people around us are made better as well. And maybe, just maybe, will make the world around us a little bit better, too. Well, that's the job. But why do we do it? Why should we? You know, I started talking about that uh, last Saturday. Why should we? Because after all, Yeshua came and he set us free. You know, if we believe in Messiah, if we placed our faith in Messiah Yeshua... We don't. What do we need to do? I mean, after all, you know, aren't we on the basis of his merit saved already and our names are written in the book of life and people always grab all of those scriptures, you know, and cling to them. But what's the difference between that and self-deception, I wonder sometimes. Because is that what Messiah came to do? 
to erase all the sins of every evil person in the world so that they could get away with it? Or did he come so that there might be a better world that he would leave behind? Well, we're called on this day with the blowing of the shofar to remember things. By remembering who we truly are, we can become who we truly should be. So I want to take a look at a portion from Isaiah chapter 44, verses 21 through 23, I think that is, just a few. And talk about some remembrances. You'll remember that I said last night there was something about remembrances I didn't remember. <laughs> and this is the thing about remembering that I forgot. <laughs> So we're going to talk about some remembrances. Because God constantly reminds Israel to remember. And in fact, I'm going to talk about these first six, which are, have been granted the level of mitzvah by our sages. In other words, that these are Torah mitzvot, part of the 613 that we have to do. So six things, you don't, you don't remember anything else. You have to remember these six, six things. And they, and they are there because if we don't remember who we are, who, who God made us to be, we won't remember what we're supposed to be now. You understand what I'm saying to you? Can you track with me? I think why the world is confused today, as much as it is, is, is that our memory is about 15 minutes long. We only remember what happened in the last news cycle. So no wonder our identities are confused. It's when we are rooted in the past and understand where we've come from that we can understand where we're going. So when we hear the blowing of the shofar, Yom Hazikaron, if we think about that day, the day of remembrance, it's to call us and to remind us of where we have come from, who we are, so that when we look in the mirror, we know who we're supposed to be. So let's just take a look at a couple of them. You have that up there? Remember these things, O Jacob, it says. So, verse, so let's start with the things that we have to remember. These are the, the first one we're supposed to remember is our exodus from Egypt. So that you should remember the day when you went out of the land of Egypt all the days of your life. You know, this is the one thing that Jewish people are called to remember every single week. I mean, sometimes it gets to be a broken record, doesn't it? Just over and over and over. Okay, Egypt, I remember. Yes, Egypt. But there's a clear and unambiguous reason for this. If we forget that we came out of Egypt, we think we came from Hollywood. We think we came from Miami. We even think we came from Tel Aviv. No, we did not. We were once slaves. And it was by the mercy of God, because he loved Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that he called us out of there. Otherwise, we would still be slaves in Egypt. That's what the Haggadah tells us. If you forget where you have come from, you will never be able to get where you should go. So that's the first thing we need to remember. The second one was the revelation at Sinai. It says, but beware and watch yourselves very well, lest you forget the things that your eyes saw. 
unless these things depart from your heart all the days of your life, and you shall make them known to your children and to your children's children the day you stood before the Lord your God at Oreb. This is when we were made into human beings. We were made into people. And this we must never forget, nor must we ever let our children forget it. And that our children's children and their children after them. And that's the really hard job because in this life, it's hard to pass these things on to your kids because you don't spend enough time with them. Because you have TVs and radios and gizmos that never turn off. And they spend more time with your children than you ever will. And they will teach them whatever they want. So when our kids and our grandchildren, don't, we don't recognize them as us. It will have been our own fault because we didn't spend the time to do what God told us we had to do from generation to generation. And that would be a shame because for, for 2,000, 3,000 years we've done it and we've managed to survive as a people. But given current circumstances, I don't think it would last another 2,000 years if the Messiah doesn't come. We've lost sight of who we were on that day. But that's what this day is for, to remind us about that. Thirdly, it tells us, remember Amalek's attack on Israel. There, uh, Aaron and her are holding up the hands of Moses in order to prevail in the attack. It says, you shall remember what Amalek did to you on the way when you went out of Egypt. Therefore, you shall obliterate the remembrance of Amalek from beneath the heavens. You shall never forget. Amalek, the great enemy of God, who attacked, who attacked us and tried to destroy the work of God. And those who try to destroy the work of God must, must never prevail in this world. What are we going to do? Are we going to allow the work of God to be forgotten? We can't let that happen. Here's another one. This is a good one. Remember the rebellion in the desert. So remember, do not forget how you angered the Lord your God in the desert. From the day you went out from the land of Egypt until you came to this place, you've been rebelling against the Lord. You, you see? Rebellion. It's a terrible thing. You know, we think it's about getting our own way. And maybe that's how some people view it. But really, it's not about that. Rebellion is when we don't seek the good of the whole. When we don't seek the good of all. When we seek our own personal interest. And there was too much of that going on in the desert. You remember Harach. And there were others. All who thought they had a better way to do it. I bet you Moses in his heart of hearts was saying, yeah, go ahead, you take care, take care of this. I'll watch you do it. I was having a good time shepherding those people in Midian. So we're to remember our rebellion in the desert because what did it cause us? It caused us to wander for 40 years. That's what rebellion will sometimes do. When we leave the things of God, we wander in our own lives. And I have to tell you what your wandering has looked like. You know exactly what it looks like. Maybe what we need to do is to remember that the Lord our God was the one who makes us. 
and stop wandering and rebellion. The fifth thing is Miriam's negative speech and punishment. It's got, by the way, there's going to be a test that immediately follows. So I'll be writing this down. So remember what the Lord your God did to Miriam on the way when you went out of Egypt. You all remember this thing. Miriam, actually Miriam and Aaron began to speak against their brother Moses. Gave him a hard time. Obviously Miriam was the one who instigated it. That seems to be the way we interpret what happened. And that's why she was stricken with leprosy. Stricken with saras. But her brother prayed for her and she was healed. But Miriam did not live very long after that. She died almost immediately afterwards. <coughs> we need to be reminded of that. And we're supposed to remember this because we're supposed to remember that this thing right here is the, mo is the most wicked weapon in the world. That with it we can kill. We can, we can heal and we can kill. And we need to remember that in it is the whole world contained. So on this, day, on this day, we need to remember that speaking well, speaking good things, is a way to build the world. You can build the world through good speech. One more thing I think we need to remember. Yes, very important and that is to remember the Sabbath day and to sanctify it. You know, the other day I told you that um, in the book of Nitzavim, the rabbis tell us that to do tshuva, if you make tshuva, it's as if you fulfilled the 613 commandments by returning to the Lord your God, doing repentance. And they'd say it that way because by getting started in moving in the right direction, we are beginning to fulfill the commandments of the Lord. And I would tell all of us Messianic Jews that Shabbat is like this for us. That when we decide that we're going to put our time away for the Lord, this thing that we think is the most precious thing that we have, time, 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 we measure it in dollars and cents, we measure it in uh, all the things that we value. If we are willing to give some of it to God, we can begin to understand and enjoy the fulfillment of the mitzvot in our lives. Because we see the benefits of this great one, we will always remember. And the Shabbat is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever that in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth. On the seventh day, he rested and was refreshed. So these are the six things that we're supposed to remember all the days of our life. Can't forget them. Okay, turn the board off. Six. The quiz begins. Which one is number one? No, no. Okay, I'm not going to make you do that. <laughs> we'll be here all day. You don't want to do that, right? We have to hit high tide, by the way. Okay, so those are the six things that we're called to remember. And all of them are part of our identity and our hope in God, who we are and where we're supposed to be going. And, so, and Isaiah 44 gives us 
some other things to remember. I'd like to add these to our list of remembrances for this day. So when we hear the blowing of the shofar soon, we will be able to call these to our mind. It says in verse 21 of Isaiah, the 44th chapter, it says, Remember these things, O Jacob and Israel, for you are my servant. I have formed you. You are my servant, O Israel. You will not be forgotten by me. So first we are to remember that we do not exist for ourselves. That we are the servants of the Lord. That's who we are. Without that, that is our identity. That's how we are to identify ourselves. That's how God identifies himself. When people think about God, I don't know what people imagine. You know, I guess in the world, there are so many different views of God and or gods. Who could tell? Who could tell? But what God does for us, and what we do for him, is that we mark each other. God says, you, I have formed you, you are my servants, you will not be forgotten by me. I have tied myself inextricably to you. The, the rabbis tell us that God has so tied himself to Israel that he cannot break his bond with Israel, no matter how far Israel wanders from her. She will never be exchanged for another nation, God says. In fact, the world would have to be undone for the bond between God and Israel to be forsaken. So he has tied himself. He's identified himself in us. That's who he is. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the God of, of, of the Jewish people, the God of Israel. There is no other God. All these, the, the Christian gods think the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There is no other. Remember that. That he chose us because of our father Abraham, not because we're so wonderful. That he made us his servant and that he will never forget us. Secondly, it goes on to say, I have wiped out your transgressions like a thick cloud and your sins like a heavy mist. God is the one who takes away our sin. We have this assurance from him. Listen. We have the 10 days of awe. We should take them very seriously. But it is not a get-out-of-jail-free card. God does these things for us because he is merciful and kind. But we need to appreciate them or bad things can happen to, good, to, to all you good folks. There are no guarantees like that. And besides, God is talking about all of Israel, not just one person. One person, he can get clobbered. as long as the people remain. Let's never take advantage of that truth, that God is merciful and kind, and that we can do whatever we want. Remember who redeemed you. He goes on to say, return to me, for I have redeemed you. There's a plea going out from God that we should return to him. And I've taught you this many times if you've listened to me. That all of us are wandering in different directions at any one time in our life. Today you could be moving closer to God. Tomorrow you'll be turned in the other direction. It's just the vicissitudes of life. 
and what we are to do day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute in our lives is return to the Lord. Keep reorienting yourself toward him because he is awaiting us. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. And one last thing. I want to add one more remember, though, to the biggies. Remember with the six biggies? Those things that are mitzvot that we have to remember, I want to, I would, I would like to, with your permission, add one more to them. So I'll put it up there. Remember that Yeshua was given for you. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. That is the great remembrance that we all must share because that is the remembrance which will bring all things together. His is the one we should remember. His is the act we should remember. And then the words of the 23rd verse will come true for all of us, I hope. And at the 23rd verse reads, Shout for joy, O heavens, for the Lord has done it. Shout joyfully, you lower parts of the earth. Break forth into a shout of joy, you mountains, O forest, and every tree in it. For the Lord has redeemed, redeemed Jacob, and in Israel he shows forth his glory. O Lord our God, we just pray that we will reach that moment of rejoicing. These holy days are like that. These holy days are a roller coaster. If you take the ride. Where we examine ourselves, and if we are honest with ourselves, we see who we really are. But if we follow the path of repentance, it leads to a glory that we may never have known before. The Lord has redeemed Jacob, and in Israel he shows forth his glory. And on that kneel on night, when we're all very hungry and tired, we rejoice and we sing because we know that the Lord has delivered us. And I hope you feel that way on that day. I'll leave you with this one scripture, and then we'll end our service this morning. The Messiah Yeshua, as an infant, was brought to the city of Jerusalem by his parents for the, for the uh, ceremony of Pidyan Haben, to be redeemed as the firstborn son. And while he was there, he, his family met a man standing outside of the temple, named Simeon. And Simeon, seeing the child, took him in his arms and he blessed God and he said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all the people. A light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Yeshua is our glory. Make sure that we remember that.